Those watching online, praise the Lord. So glad to have our people that watch online. Worship was amazing today, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Praise God. Thank you for coming out. We are adding chairs to the campus downtown, I think for the third time. And we've added some chairs to this auditorium. And so uh, our summer numbers are like way up. So praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for coming out and, and uh, getting plugged in. The small group, again, is a way to get plugged into the local body of believers. And it's important. It's necessary. So uh, we're in the, uh, the series Praying Without Ceasing. And uh, prayer again, a couple things. Prayer is communication with the Lord, just like you would talk to uh, maybe your spouse, a friend, a neighbor, uh, a family member. Just that gentleness, just communication, that's the same way we talk to the Lord. It's not necessarily a bunch of these and thous. It's not a rehearsed prayer. Uh, you can pray the scripture. You can talk to God. Just praying with the Lord. And then and prayer is universal. It's the equalizer, okay? There's, uh, I say a lot of times, they wouldn't want me on the worship team, all right? Uh, I'm not gifted for that. I'm not gifted for a lot of things. One time, Janie asked me, what exactly do you do? <laughs> I was, our house is tough, bro. I'm just telling you. That, I mean, that was tough. I, and I couldn't answer. I wasn't sure what exactly I did do. <laughs> so anyways, uh, but prayers, everybody can pray. Every single person here can pray. And that's important to know because it's the equalizer. Like, well, I can't pray like. doesn't matter if you pray like someone or not. You just pray. And as you pray, then the Lord will start to open things in your heart to pray about. So pray without ceasing. This is what we're going to talk about. And, uh, Mom, you were out uh, walking around, checking out the campus while Janie was trying to introduce you. And you got lost. And so can you give it up for my mother-in-law, Pat Jordan, and my sister-in-law, Denise Noble. Thank you guys for coming down. Thank you for being a part of Grace Church this weekend. Uh, they were with us for about eight months or so, uh, back about eight or nine years ago. It's been a while now. And it was a really great time, privileged time for us, and uh, hopefully a good time for them. So we're always glad uh, when they come back. And, yes, the first time in over 50 years that she's flown, she actually got wings from the pilot or the, or the, the servers. And so what a, what a cool thing. Uh, be 86 years old in about five weeks. And so glad to have them with us. And uh, uh, she's an adventurer. She really is. She's, she, doesn't, she doesn't mind stepping out of her comfort zone. So praise the Lord. Let's pray. And then we'll read today's scripture and kind of go, Father. Father, we thank you so much that you are an awesome God and alive and well in Hickory, North Carolina and the surrounding areas and across the globe. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So today, Lord, we pray that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear, understand, and see what your word is telling us to do. And Lord, that we can be obedient to it, but also we can thrive in it. We can live in it. We can grow in it, Lord, and we can bless others with it. Bless us today, Father Lord, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said... Amen. Praise the Lord. Once again, give it up for our online viewers today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching live today and throughout the week. We have a large online uh, audience, viewing audience. So praise the Lord. We're going to talk in a moment about Apostle Paul. The word apostle means one sent forth. 
A disciple is a follower. We're disciples of Christ. Some of you might be apostles in the fact that you're sent out as missionaries or you're sent out as evangelists, okay? And so there's an apostle. This is what Paul says he is. He's about 62 or 63 AD, and he's writing a letter of encouragement to the church at Ephesus about just picking things up, like knowing who they are in Christ. Our part of our idea is to know that who we are in Christ allows us then to talk to our fathers. So our boys uh, and our grandsons, uh, they like to work out, all right? And so whenever we go up to the, the mountain home, we have a weight room in the basement. It's kind of a cool uh, situation. And so we go up there and we, and we work out. They know who they are. They, they know, and I, listen, I, I, it's taken me more and more to try to keep up with them you know what I'm saying? And so they're, they're growing, and they're, they're, they're like little, come up here, Brady and Jonah. Come here for a second. I got I to gotta just let everybody know how tall you guys are. Come on. Yeah, come up. Stand up. Come up here. Hurry. We're on a time basis. This is their, this is their fast mode. This is them in fast gear. All right, stand tall. Let me get between you guys. So I'm trying to catch up with these guys. How old are you? Fifteen. 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 Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> right? Yeah. What size shoe do you wear? Fourteen. Fourteen. What size shoe do you wear? Thirteen. You get his hand-me-downs, don't you? That's awesome. And back when you guys wore size 11, I got your hand-me-downs, which was really good. But you blew by that 11, so now i got to wait on Cam. Cam's our number three. Uh, grandson, and he'll probably be in 11 a couple weeks from now, and then I'll get his. Golly, you guys are big. All right, so I didn't, I'm not even sure why I was, what, we were working out. I'm not sure what my point was, so I know we were working out. <laughs> I was kidding. Give him a hand. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. Yeah, so, it, so, what happens, and I think this is what Paul is telling us, so we're trying to not compete but keep up. There's a difference there, right? And so it's good to have friendly competition. So we, we get together and we have a family day in the mountains and we work out together, right? And it's become a little bit of a, a short quick, well-lived tradition. And so, oh, Poppy, we're going to work out. Yeah, we're going to work out. And Poppy's getting older. Whoa, that was quick, wasn't it? Man, she shot me down. <laughs> yes, he is. And so, <laughs> and so Poppy had recent arm surgery. And so Poppy's taking a little bit slow, but then I realized I can't take it slow because these guys are going to pass me up, right? Well, Paul is looking at the church and he's saying, hey, guys, you're good, but, but we need to keep this going. And so it would be the same thing with Grace Church. You're, you're good, but we need to keep this thing going because there are always people that need to be added to the kingdom of God. There are always people that need to know about Jesus. And they don't need the Bible bashed over their head. They need to know the loving Savior, Jesus Christ. And so grace opens the door so that truth can be taught, right? If we give people some grace, they'll come in and they'll say, hey, I need to know more about Jesus. And then we can teach the word of God. We can teach truth. It's not a, it's not a, a, a bait and shift or whatever it is. It's just simply saying God accepts you just the way you are. But just like everybody else, he wants to change us from the inside out. If he changes from the inside out, then we start to be recognized by people around us saying, man, you're not the same person. Brian Moore, by the way, 
welcome back, baby. Awesome, man. He lost 55 pounds. I didn't recognize him when he walked in the door. What well, unbelievable. And, and so, but transformation is that same way, right? So transformation is I gave my heart to the Lord when I was like 18 or 19 years old. And then God starts to create within me a new heart, a new being. And then where I look maybe the same on the outside because I change uh, just through age, but on the inside, God keeps making me new every day I become a new creature. And so we're going to talk about Paul because he's an apostle, he's an evangelist, but he's also a disciple, he's a Christ follower of which we all are. He's writing this message to the church at Ephesus from a Roman prison cell. And so you see the words of encouragement in it. He's not down. He's not out. He knows that he's got a life eternal, everlasting. Stop letting life get you down. Stop getting to that point where you look at circumstances. Look at the person who can override those circumstances in Jesus' name. Amen? That's what God does. Come on, give it up for the Lord. He can do that. Praise the Lord. All right. Ephesians 1, first three verses, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. It, by the way, it is, every, it is the will of God that every person live for Jesus Christ. It is God's will that everybody be saved. Jesus even said that. To the saints of which you are, you are a saint. The saints are dead and gone. There are saints in heaven, but saints aren't. You are a living saint. If you're a Christ follower, Jesus calls you a saint, all right, who are in Ephesus and are faithful. Everybody say faithful. And are faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, grace to you and peace to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And so let's stay there for a second because I wonder sometimes what are those every spiritual blessings? Are they material? Are they financial? Are they physical? Are they, they can be all those things. But Paul then identifies. So I took a pen last night and I circled what I thought were the spiritual blessings that Paul's talking about. We don't have them up there, but I want you to, to, to be mindful of them. If you read the next 14 verses or next 12 verses, you'll see words like this. Here's the spiritual blessings. The first one is he chose you. You've been chosen. You've been chosen for his team. You're better than the first pick in the NFL draft or the NBA draft or Major League Baseball draft. You're more important to God than any person on earth. God chose you. Look at someone and say, God chose you. Nah, that was not even with conviction. Look at someone and say, God chose you. Like, you don't, you're not sure. You're not sure he chose the person next to you. Like, I think God chose you. I'm just not sure of it. Maybe God chose you. <laughs> God chose you. Think about that. It's like the creator of the universe chose me. And not only me, but he chose you. So God chooses. And by the way, this is not a predestination theory. God chose everybody. It's your will if you, chose, if you choose him back or not. Get it? So God chose me, but I have the right to walk away if I want. I don't know why I would, but I have the right to walk away. He chose us, and then he adopted us. So now we're adopted, and what does that mean? We're grafted in. Maybe we didn't belong. Maybe we're not from the same bloodline, but because he adopted me and grafted me in, now I belong with Christ Jesus. I'm a follower of the king. 
I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. So Paul, from his prison cell to the church of Ephesus, is saying, hey, guys, listen, you're saints, but not only saints, you're chosen, you're adopted. And then he goes on to say, you have a purpose. I think this is kind of the fallacy, and Jenny talked about a little bit about her mother, but I'll, I'll get a, a little bit more insight. She'll be 86 in five weeks. She holds a Bible study for 20 people on Friday night, every other Friday night. She goes to the care center, and she takes, she takes gifts and, and cupcakes that they probably shouldn't eat, cookies they probably shouldn't eat, fills them full of sugar, and she's ministering to people probably 10 years younger than her. At the care center, she does that once a month. She goes to the, the homeless shelter and feeds soup once or twice a month. She, she goes to a prayer meeting every Wednesday morning and intercedes for Grace Church in Hickory, North Carolina, every Wednesday. Now think about that for a second. If you're sick and you call Janie, Janie calls her mom, and her mom's a prayer warrior. So listen to what I'm saying. She has a purpose, but so do you. And when we were at the House of Prayer Church, Jenny's father and mother's church, years ago when I first gave my heart to the Lord in a relational way, always loved God, always loved Jesus, but didn't understand relationship. When I gave my heart to the Lord in a relational way, there were three older ladies in the church. And I, they were so full of God, I was like afraid to be around them. You ever been around people like that? It's like, man, these guys just reeked of the Holy Spirit. And one lady was named Inez Reed. And Sister Reed, we call her Sister Reed, she knew the Bible inside and out. I mean, she was thick with scriptural knowledge. She was like a Greek lexicon. If, but this is before internet, right? And so if the pastor would ask her a word sometimes, Sister Reed, is that correct? And yeah, here's what it says in the Greek, or here's what it says in the Hebrew, or here's, what, here's our interpretation of it. She just knew the Bible. So I thought, man, Sister Reed just knows the scripture. And then there was Elsie there was Peters. And Elsie Peters was a prayer warrior evangelist. Like, I, I would guess maybe she led more people to the Lord than anybody that I had been around before I met Marcus. <laughs> I mean, she just, she, they took her car away at 76, and so uh, my father-in-law said, uh, uh, Sister Peters, we'll pick you up. She said, no, 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 don't pick me up. I'll take the bus. What do you mean you take the bus? Well, I, I got a witness to somebody. I don't think she ever got off the bus without dragging somebody into church with her. I mean, she loved God. At 92, at her funeral, my father-in-law held up a check, a tithe check that she had already sent in the mail earlier that week. I mean, she was paying tithe after she died. Might be a challenge to somebody here. I don't know if that's the Lord speaking to you or not. <laughs> she lived with us for three months, two different times. And one thing I noticed about her, she didn't just pray for hours. Sometimes she would pray for days. Like we wouldn't see her come out of her room. And when she came out, she was just trembling. She was so full of God. And I thought, man, she, this one knows the word. This one knows how to pray. God is putting people in my life that are, and, and, along with family members that are just, that know God. And then there was another lady named Elva Best. And she just loved God. I mean, she just was, she just loved God. She, she headed up the children's ministry at House of Prayer. And she just was sweet and passionate. And, and she just loved God. She had so much peace in her. And one day, uh, her, her husband, Guy, was my first prayer partner. So I'd pick him up at 5 in the morning. He said, we need to pray. So I said, okay. He said, 5. I said, all right. That's dinner time, but I'll come. And he said, no, we're not talking about p.m. We're talking about a.m. I said, all right. I'll, pick, I'll 
I'll pick you up. He said he couldn't drive because his eyes were getting bad. And so we'd go pray from 5 till 7. And on Fridays, he rewarded me with an egg McMuffin at McDonald's. And then I'd take him back home. Well, they, they slept in the same bedroom, but different beds, had a nightstand between them. And one night, uh, two burglars broke in their bedroom window. And uh, Guy Best couldn't hear it. He couldn't hear. He couldn't see. And so Sister Best sat up in her, in her bed, and she started praying in her prayer language. Those two guys dropped their weapons, climbed out the window, and ran away. And she called the police. Now, look, come on. Can you give God some glory this morning? That's what the power of God will do in your life. She called the police. The weapons were laying on the floor. And how'd they get there? Well, two, two guys crawled in the window. What did you do? I started praying in tongues. What do you want me to do? Well, if they called 911, he could call after the fact. These guys ran down the street. Maybe they thought she was crazy. I don't know. But God moved. I told Janie, I need to get me some old ladies in the church. <laughs> I need some little old ladies in the church that know how to pray. And she said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Hear me. Hear me. She said, you ever call me a little old lady again, you'll never live to be a little old man. (laughs) Go find yourself some little old lady. (laughs) Uh, Well, I just need some prayer warriors. How's that sound? Just some prayer warriors. Just, just give us some prayer warriors, Lord. Give us some people that know how to pray the fire down so that we can continue to move this, this, this church forward in the kingdom of God. Amen. You have, you have a purpose. You have a, listen, you have a purpose. Everybody here has a purpose. And if you have no other purpose, your purpose would be to pray. And you can pray and you can believe God. So then, then, the, then the fourth spiritual blessing is grace. I love that name, Grace. That's why we named the church Grace. We were coming back from the, from the, the beach, and we, we only heard this song one time. And me and Janie were saying, we knew we were going to change the name. We talked to the board about changing the name, talked to our staff about changing the name. We knew we were going to change the name in 2016. We just couldn't settle on a name. And we're coming back from the beach, and there's one song on the radio that I've heard only one time. And the, during the line in the song, it says, call it what it is, call it Grace. It's like, all right, Lord. I mean, we're not dumb. If that's what you want us to call it. So we, we call it grace. I love the name grace. Unmerited favor. God's spiritual blessing over your life is unmerited favor. It's grace. And then he's give you redemption. He bought you back. He like, he paid again for you. That's what it means to redeem you. He, he bought you back a, a second time. And then you've been forgiven. Isn't that amazing? Like this spiritual blessing keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And then he gives you wisdom and insight. He gives you inheritance. And then you've been sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives a seal on you. It's like it kind of, you know, if you have a, if you, if you eat dinner and, and there's something left over and you want to save that, you put it in a, maybe a container. And if you don't seal that, it dries out. It's not as good the next time you eat it. But if you seal it, it keeps it fresh. The Holy Spirit should keep you fresh in your relationship with God. This is what the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit gives us power, gives us wisdom, knowledge, gives us a, another praying partner, gives us an opportunity to pray in an unknown language. But he also keeps us fresh in our walk with him. 
And I want to challenge you, if, you don't, if you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come to our class in October. Or after service, grab one of our prayer partners and say, I need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need that freshness day in and day out. There's nothing worse than a stale Christian because they don't have the joy of the Lord. But if you're fresh in the power of the Holy Spirit, God will anoint you and God will bless you. And so when we walk through Paul, what Paul is saying, we refer back to now what Jesus tells us. So Jesus is, is, is walking in, in, the, in Mark's gospel. He's walking the week of passion. And, and it's the last week he's going to serve in an all-God, all-man body on earth. And so he's walking, and he curses the fig tree. Remember the story? It's on Monday. He curses the fig tree because it's not producing any fruit. They come back two days later or the next day, and uh, Peter says, Man, Lord, that, 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 that tree that you cursed, it's, it's dead. It's dried up. It's no good. And uh, he says, yeah, he says, and then he goes to, let's go to Mark eleven twenty two. Here's the scripture that he then says, truly, right, and Jesus answered them, and we'll, we'll go by these one. Jesus answered him and says, have faith in God. Now, wait, let's stop there for a second. Have faith in God. Pretty simple. Well, what is faith? Well, uh, the writer of Hebrews says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so what is faith? Things are, faith are things that we hope for. I hope for a healing. I, I hope for a miracle. I hope for uh, family members to get uh, saved. I hope for the church to grow, not, the, not from my will, but for the will of the Lord, the good of the kingdom. I hope that people are passionately. We had a, a little girl a few weeks ago that just really became ill, and so we went to praying for her uh, and kept, kept touch with, with her family. And, uh, and he told me this morning, he was in the first service, it's a miracle. It's just a miracle. It was a miracle, but that miracle is activated by faith. So we have, have faith in God. Faith releases the resources of heaven. Hear me on that. Faith releases the resources of heaven. It's like if you went to the rich uncle. I wish I had a rich uncle. And that uncle owned everything. But, and that uncle liked you. And that uncle said, hey, Jamie, hey, you know, what do you need? And you said, I need a million dollars. And he just wrote you a check out of his resources for you. This is what happens when we go to God in faith. Have faith in God, Jesus says. It releases the resources of all of heaven so that now when you're not just praying by yourself, you're praying with the partnership of all the heavenlies. In fact, the Bible says the 24 elders will take your prayers and lay them down before the Lord. Bible says, Paul writing, that Jesus is the great intercessor sitting on the right hand of God the Father, and he'll make intercession for you day and night. So why do we not have faith in God? We need to have faith in God. It connects us with the heavenlies. It connects us with the resources that, are called, that we have in heaven. Let's move on to the next verse. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So we have to remove doubt. We have to replace it by faith. We have to remove fear. Too many people pray for fear, out of fear. They pray that cancer away only because they're afraid of the cancer. They, they, they pray that uh, their children back just for fear. We have to pray with the authority that God has given us. You have the authority to be sons of God. What does that mean? I have the authority, the right, the power. Yeah, but it's sons and daughters. No, it's sons because you're the rightful heir, whether you're a male or a female. This is not gender specific. God is not, God is not lo lo loving males more than females. Deborah was a judge. 
Females are prophets and prophetesses. Listen, there's a right for females to be on the platform as well. Can you say amen? There's a right for females to preach as well. Can you say amen? It's like we're not, we're not, we're not playing that game, right? So you have a right to be sons of God, the power, the right, the authority to go boldly before the throne room of grace and tell God what you have need of. There's an authority there. there. There's faith, okay? And so don't, but don't doubt in your heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Jesus, by the way, qualifies this a little bit and says, you're my friends if you do what I command you to do. So we have to walk in obedience. If we walk in obedience, then he says, everything you ask for, I'll do it for you. So there is an obedience factor. Like you can't just run around on God and expect him to be there whenever you need him. He's not a genie in a bottle. You don't write the Bible three times and then say, hey, God, Jesus, I need you to show up here. You show up at church. You show up at prayer. You join a small group. You let Jesus know who you are every day. Amen? That's the power of God. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. It will be yours. Let's stay there for a second. Let's go back. Yeah, let's stay there. We'll go through. So what's he say? First of all, have faith in God. Second of all, he says, ask. James says, Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. James says you don't have it because you ask wrongly or amiss. What does that mean? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. So we need to ask, we need to ask the Father's will. It's not, if it's not the Father's will for you to win the lottery, then stop playing it. But if you play it and win, you give 20% to the church. Because those are some hard-fought prayers. I pray for certain people I know that play the lottery. Lord, just go ahead and give it to them. But let that check come through me first. <laughs> I'm going to bless every orphanage there is. I'm going to bless every Bible school there is. Lord, come on. I would, what I would do with it, Jesus. <laughs> but don't play it if you, if you ain't going to win it. Right? Don't play it if you ain't going to win. I play to win. We, we play basketball in the yard. I play to win. So you're kind of tough on me. Jessica used to say that all the time. You're kind of tough on me, Pops. Well, that'll make you something. I'm only in fourth grade, she said. <laughs> That's all right. Swatting her back, making myself feel good. <laughs> I can't swat the boys anymore. They're like, you saw them. They're five inches taller than me. Who's the short little fat guy? He's a little old man. <laughs> ask, ask, seek, knock. Listen, ask, seek, knock. Those are action steps. If you are not praying, if you're not seeking God, if you're not asking the Lord, you're not doing your part. Jesus wants us to do our part, church. We, it's good to call the prayer team. We have people on the prayer team all the time. But you can also go before the Lord in prayer. You can also ask God to meet those needs. So he says, ask in prayer. David says, I, I've heard, I, I know that in Psalms 5, I know that you will hear my voice. In fact, later on in Psalms 5, verse 11 and 12, it says, and he will give a shield of favor around you. Think about that. How would you love a shield of favor around your life? I mean, everywhere you go, God's favor is there with you. Ask God for favor. I ask God for his favor over my kids every single day, over my wife every single day, over our church every single day. God, would you give them favor in their life? It's a beautiful thing to have God's favor in your life. Ask in prayer and then believe. Everybody say believe. 
James said this, when you ask, you must believe that what you're getting, you've got. Jesus says something really, really cool in Mark 1 and 15. Can we go there really quickly? So he says, and believe, repent, repent, everybody say repent. Repent and believe in this gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Technically, it should read believe and repent because someone drawn to repentance isn't going to uh, repent until they actually believe. All right? They may, say, they, they may show remorse, but re- repentance comes upon believing. So I think Jesus here is talking to Christ's followers. He's talking to you and me. He says, I, I'm good with your repentance, but stop repenting all the time and start believing. So I repent from my sin, but now I need to believe that God can heal me from that sin or deliver me from that sin or free me from that addiction or, or carry me through. I believe that I repent, Lord, that I, that, I, that I was wasteful with my money, but now I need to believe that the Lord's going to give me more resources, and because of repentance, I'm going to handle it better the next time. See, it's repent and believe. It's repent and believe. And so here this morning, if you're here and you need to repent, just take five seconds and ask the Lord to forgive you. It's, it's easy to repent. Now, listen, the, you can come to the altar, but you don't need to. You can, you can cry, but you don't need to. It's a simple act of repentance. Again, Jesus probably, in my opinion, in the Scripture, is talking to churchgoers. He's talking to Christ's followers. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to men and women who are like, I need to repent. Now, I've heard it said, I've said it. If you've got to run to the altar every week and repent, you go ahead and do that. But at some point in time, maturity says, I've repented. Now I believe that God will heal me, deliver me, set me free, fill, baptize me with the Holy Spirit, and give, make me a powerful person in Christ Jesus. That's the believing part. So that maturity takes place. Repent and believe. Let's, move, let's go back to that uh, scripture in Mark, if we can. The other one, Mark. There we go. Thank you. And, and then if you believe, you have to receive. I think James says this again, that as everyone that asks, everyone that asks, receives. If you ask believing. Jesus says the same thing. So James Jesus' half-brother is saying the same thing, that if I pray, asking and believing, now i got to receive it. So here's the key to praying. I'm going to pray. All right, Lord, I'm coming to you before in prayer. I'm asking you, Lord, would you heal, like we do in January 6th, would you heal her sickness? Would you take away that septus? Would you, would you heal her body from the inside out? Now, I'm believing that Jesus is hearing my prayers, all right? So I'm not believing necessarily that she's going to be healed. I'm believing that Jesus is going to heal my, hear my prayers, and he's going to make the decision whether she needs to be healed or not. By the way, 100% faith is 100% trust. That when I pray, I know God's best is that. It's the song we sing, I trust you, Lord. I trust in you, Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So now, though, because I believe that Jesus is hearing my prayers, now I receive her healing. Are you with me? So sometimes we jump the gun. I want to pray, God, you need to heal my wife, and she's not healed yet. Okay, God didn't hear me. God hears you. You just need to pray in the order that Jesus is talking about. And so we, when we pray in this order, now I received her healing. My family received her healing. Janie knew people were praying for her. She's receiving healing. We receive it based on the belief and the faith that Jesus has heard our prayer and he is taking care of it in the heavenlies. 
If it's not taking care of the heavenlies, there's not a man that's going to do that. God's going to do it through Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Does it make sense? So we believe, yes, we believe, but the belief is more that, hey, Jesus, I know that you have this in control. Like you're in control and my faith is in you. My trust is in you. My belief, my confidence is in you. I know now I'm receiving that. It's like when Jesus prayed, he always thanked the Father first. Father, I thank you for what you're about ready to do, and now I receive it. And so we were receiving that prayer. And then he goes on to the next verse, and whatever, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So this is critical because it sounds to me, and I'm pretty simple-minded, all right? But it sounds to me like this is a little bit conditional. Like if I pray, but I still have an ought against somebody, I'm not, my prayers aren't going to be heard. If I pray, but I don't like a people group. If I pray, but I have judgment in my heart. If I pray, but I have an ill will towards somebody. If I pray, but I haven't totally forgiven somebody. Like I think I have, but maybe I haven't. But if I haven't, then my prayers are hindered, okay? And so if I pray, and whoever, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything, like, like that means anything. Like I, like I can't, like I can't hold any. Sometimes Janie will say, I'm not ready to forgive you. <laughs> Honey, you got to forgive me. I'm, I will later, but I'm not ready right now. It's like, I, I just forgot something at the store. Just, you could forgive me. I will. Later. That's been a while. That's been a week or two since you said that. No. Um, hear me. Hear me for a second, church. Before, in a minute, the worship team's going to come up. If you have anything against anyone... Now, this is Jesus speaking. So this is, we're not confusing this with Paul. We're not confusing this in the Old Testament, David or Abraham. This is the Son of God who had nothing to gain but us by dying on the cross. Like every other religious leader, every cold, everything, they always have something to gain. Jesus had nothing to gain other than us, other than our fellowship. If you have anything against anyone, you need to forgive them. This is why the first words out of Jesus' mouth were forgive. Father, forgive them, right? First words out of Jesus' mouth. Hey, forgive them for they know not what they do when he was on the cross. So hear me when I say this. If you have any, so pause for five seconds. Just close your eyes. Bow your head. If you, just think, do I have anything against anybody? Like, am I, have I, do I have unforgiveness? And ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, would you... Reveal to me if I have any unforgiveness towards anybody. And if you do, just repent. Lord, forgive me for not forgiving them. Lord, forgive me. We'll stand with me this morning. And let's dim the lights for a moment. Just go ahead. Everybody here, stand. Here's, here, here's, where, here's where we're at. Because I think, I think our prayers sometimes can be hindered if we have unforgiveness in our heart. And Jesus tells us that. It sounds to me like even after the Lord's Prayer, he says, and if you don't forgive. And then in Matthew 18, he says, hey, if you're going to give a gift, just leave it at the altar. Now go ask for forgiveness. Make, make, make up with that person who you have an ought against. 
It's like, wow, Jesus, that's three times Jesus is saying, you, you need to make things right. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to, all right, now you just need to. In fact, Jesus even says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and bless them. I want you to go ahead and pray for them. It's like, wow, not only forgive them, now I want to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. Not only pray for them, now I want you to bless If you have the means, I want you to go bless them. It's like Jesus is over the top. Jesus raises the bar way up. It's like, it's pretty easy. I like Jason. Jason does something, never has, but if he did something wrong to me, it'd be easy to forgive. Like, I know he didn't mean it. He, he, but but if, if, if I had a real odd against him, now to start praying for him and then to go bless him, that's what Jesus' expectations are. That makes you a mountain mover. And I think we got some mountain movers in this room. I think we have people that are like, yeah, I'm ready to move mountains, but I need you to check your spirit today and say, is there unforgiveness in my heart? Because if there is, I need to repent. I'm going to ask the people who are going to help us with communion. We're going to take communion this morning because that's the coolest thing in the world is just to break bread together. So if you're helping us, come on up here and start distributing from the front to the back. And I'll, I need one too, by the way, if someone can give me one. So they're the predisposed kind. You'll have to peel off the, the first layer and then peel off the second layer. They're going to give them to you. Hang on to them. Get them ready. Go ahead and just get them ready and peel off that first layer and the second layer. I'm going to pray right now. We're going to sing a song. And then during the song, I want you to I want you to take communion. But here's what I want to do. If I know they're distributing, but I want you to be in a mindset of prayer. Because Paul says to examine ourselves first before we take it. So not lead ourselves into damnation. And so I want you to I want you to really search yourself. Hey, is there something, is there unrepented sin in my life? Is there unforgiveness in my life? Are there areas where I've let people kind of control me just by because I can't forgive them or I can't I can't deal with that issue anymore? And then I want you just to free yourself up because by freeing yourself up and asking for forgiveness and repenting, you become a mountain mover. You become a person whose faith becomes giant because no longer does that unforgiveness, no longer does that unrepentant sin control you anymore. So let me pray for just a moment, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pray over the communion. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for unrepentant sin in our midst, for unforgiveness in our midst, Lord, that we just offer it to you right now. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would deal with every single one right now myself included, if there's any area of our life that uh, we have sin that's not repented of or that we have unforgiveness, Lord, that's not been dealt with or that we know we can pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us for your namesake, that we can we can willfully bless those people. So, Father, I pray right now. Now we pray, Lord, for the, the elements. We pray for the bread. Lord, your body that was broken for us, the blood, your sin, that the, the blood that covers our sin. We speak life into each person here today. Lord, that they would be mountain movers Father, Lord, by the prayer of faith, Lord, that works in them to righteousness. In Jesus' name, we pray. And now during this next song, you can take communion with your family or someone close to you or by yourself uh, at any time you want. God bless you this morning.
Amen. Isn't God good in this place today? He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of everything that we have to give him. Amen. And did you appreciate today's message? Can you just uh, thank your pastor for bringing that wonderful, powerful word? We're going to walk out of this place as believers who are not like the world. Okay, we are believers that have faith. We believe. We, we march out of here as citizens that are called out for a special purpose. Amen. And if you see a need, then you can ask God. You can begin to pray. You begin to grow in Christ. Just take one thing that you learned today and grow with it, okay? Uh, I'm going to be in the lobby helping people find small groups. So you already met the leaders. So learn about the different groups. But if you're not sure which one to get involved with, then I can sort of help steer you in the right direction. Why don't we go ahead and close in prayer and just believe uh, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. Father, we thank you that you are a good God and that you are trustworthy, that you are all-knowing and that you are all-powerful. Lord, we ask that you would just be with each person here today. Lord, with the, the needs that they came in here with, Lord, we just surrender them to you. Lord, each person that said, God, I've got fear in my life. I have anxiety. I have worry. God, we just lift that up to you. God, we just ask whatever we will in your name, believing in faith, that we know that, God, that you will do it for us. God, that we ask and receive, God, and we believe. And Lord, we ask that you would just do it for each one of us. Let us have a great week. Empower us to do your will, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week.